All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blitz period. And this is a really, really special episode because it's an specifically for Oklahoma football in the sense that they just picked up their biggest recruiting win in a long time. And when you, you know, it, it's insane to think about. It's been an insane, let's say, 48 hours because. You know, you look at it on Wednesday, and I think single soul, including myself, that was, I don't want to say involved, but that was around the recruitment of Peyton Bowen, had one consensus, is that was that, and, and that was that he's going to Oklahoma. And I felt that way. Obviously, I felt that way for months. It never changed. I always had a feeling he was going to go to Oklahoma. And that didn't happen on Wednesday. Now, Wednesday night rolls around and you get the reports that come out that a Bowen has not turned in his NLI to to Oregon yet. Uh, Oregon hasn't even posted him yet, which means he's still technically a signee of the Ducks class, but they did it for every other player. So that told you something. And then you hear the reason why is because Oklahoma's gotten back in contact and they're still talking to him. They're still pushing the gas on Peyton Bowen to get to Norman. Thursday morning arrives, it starts to creep up. Oklahoma's doing some things. Forecasts get changed, a bunch of crystal balls start flowing in, all this other stuff, da 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 Two o'clock rolls around, Peyton Bowen commits to Oklahoma. So this is truly one of the wildest recruitments in the history of the sport. Definitely the wildest recruitment I've been around. Just because I think the thing about Peyton Bowen was this was a super last-minute decision, and Bowen himself even said it. He panicked yesterday and picking Oregon. And, you know, from what's been floated up to me, I mean, there's a lot of talk that, you know, Oregon did have a check. Uh, I mean, come on now, it's Oregon. What, what do you expect? But Oregon did have a check for Peyton Bowen. And I'm not going to say he didn't go to Oregon because of the check. I don't think he wanted the check. It just didn't end up coming out the right way in the best way I can possibly put it. Uh, and I'm not going to say that's the sole reason he didn't go to Oregon. But, you know, I just want to kind of get on this stance real quick. So the the interesting thing about this whole process is you've seen a lot of people, especially if you've been on Twitter or, heck, if you've even been on our Instagram, you've seen a lot of people in the media getting bashed because they were, quote, unquote, wrong about Bowen. Now, technically they were because Bowen did not commit to Oklahoma in the first place. But if you think that we sat up here for months and went on podcasts and live videos and Instagram posts, Twitter posts, and message board posts, and all this stuff. If you think we went on all this stuff and just lied out of our tails for the past eight, nine months, truly, where's your thinking? Because I know for sure I had every reason in the world to believe Peyton Bowen was going to be an Oklahoma Sooner. I mean, somebody asked last week, you know, actually on Sunday, somebody asked me, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you think? trying to remember the question i know it was about bowen but it was something around along the lines of what do you think is stopping him from committing to oklahoma i said i don't think it's him i think he wants to go to ou i think his heart is at oklahoma and you know it's well documented his girlfriend goes to oklahoma and shout out to oklahoma soccer by the way for that banger tweet they put out earlier and then also his best friend is the quarterback in oklahoma this year and then he's got a little bit of a denton connection with billy bowman and stuff like that so all those things play into each other you add that to the fact that you've got a recruiting, you've got a staff here defensively that knows what they're talking about. 
And that's not saying that Dan Lanning doesn't. I, Dan Lanning does. Like, I said this on a live video earlier. If Oregon was in this thing a lot earlier, then it would not have shocked me that he picked Oregon. Because you talk about somebody like Dan Lanning, who obviously is a defensive coordinator at Georgia, had dominant defenses there, and you can say that was Kirby Smart, whatever. He still learned under Kirby Smart. He still learned under Nick Saban at Alabama. Tosh LaPoy was the same way. He was the former D.C. at Bama. You know, he's been around the block. These two guys have been in the SEC. They've been in some of the dirtiest races of college football recruiting ever. They know what they're doing. And then you add that on top of the fact that you've got money on top of money at Oregon when it comes to people like Phil Knight, who was your primary guy that you point to when all this NIL stuff starts coming around. Like Oregon, when NIL and all this stuff became legal, I mean, that was a match made in heaven for, for the Ducks. And I tweeted this yesterday, too. Like, if Oregon wants somebody, they're going to get them because they have the resources to do it. And their facilities are awesome and all that stuff. But the thing about Oregon was Oregon did not start coming into the picture until last week when they had an in-home visit with the Bowens. And somebody asked me on the Instagram story, on the, on the question sticker that we do all the time, Somebody asked me, do you think Oregon's a real threat? I said, yes, I think Oregon's a threat, but I don't think he goes to Oregon. I still feel confident saying he ends up at Oklahoma, but yes, Oregon is going to be in the race. And the reason I said that was because Dan Lanning, Phil Knight, like they're going to be there. I didn't think the $2 million thing was true, but you know, it's not hard for Oregon to be able to do it because Dan Lanning has been killing it on the recruiting trail. Outside of Peyton Bowen, the class that they've put together this year was really nice. And so Bowen also visited Oregon. To my knowledge, he visited Oregon one time, and that was unofficially. The thing about unofficial visits is sometimes these guys' unofficial visits, they don't really get to meet the head coach. They don't really get to meet a lot of the coaches. They'll meet like the, the GAs and the, the assistants and all that, but they don't, they, they're not, you know, they're, pro they're not going up to the office to meet Dan Lanning or something like that. That doesn't happen on a lot of unofficials. Now, again, I don't know if that could have happened because Peyton Bowen and the, the quality player he is, I would, I would bet he did, but I don't know. Peyton Bowen visited Norman 12 times, guys. He was in Norman 12 times. Like, if you guys remember Derek LeBlanc's recruitment, he was in Norman, I think, 10 times, and it was probably more than that, but I know he was in Norman a lot. Uh, and one of those times he was here, he spent like a week in Norman. Uh, but Peyton Bowen was at four out of six Oklahoma home games this year. Four of those, he was here with Jackson Arnold. So he's been to campus a lot. He's gotten to be a He said it in his commitment letter that, you know, the family environment around Oklahoma was a huge deal to him. And that's the number one thing that you hear a lot of with these guys. But um, getting outside of all that, let's just kind of get into how big of a pickup this is. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. How big of a how big of a deal this is for Oklahoma, because you haven't had a recruit with this much. I, I guess I'll say this much hype in years. You you just haven't. You haven't had a recruit that not only has the hype but has the talent to back it up. Because Peyton Bowen is a kid that can do just about anything. He's he, he's great on special teams. He can play a little bit of offense. Now, obviously, I don't think he will at Oklahoma, but he can play a little bit of offense. But we know what he can do on defense. He's an explosive guy. He's fast. He's got great size. He's got the instincts. He's a guy that, that can get, get put in the box if he needs to be. 
you know, he's he's one of those players that really it's like you look at it on the surface and you talk about this is a defense in the last few years that has lacked football players slash athletes. And Bowen is a combination of both. And I've said this a number of times. He really reminds me a lot of Tyron Matthew, not the current Tyron Matthew, but like I'm not saying Peyton Bowen's going to be a Heisman finalist or anything like that. But he reminds me a little bit of Honey Badger, like when Honey Badger was truly Honey Badger. If y'all remember Honey Badger at LSU, like the kind of player that he was reminds me a little bit of that. And he was the same way too. Tyron Matthew was a guy that could play both ways. He was a guy that was also returning kicks for LSU. So I see a lot of that in Peyton Bowen. And if that's what you get out of it, you've got a really good grab because like, I want you to think about this for a second, man. It's just, it's so insane to think about. And if you need more reason to believe to believe in this staff, here's why. This is a team that just came off the season where they went six and six, the worst season they've had in the last 23 years at Oklahoma. Okay, one of college football's most premier programs just went through the dirt in a season. A completely new regime of people. They went out here and they put together the best defensive class that they've had in years, probably ever. Two five-stars on the defense side of the ball. When's the last time that's happened at Oklahoma? Probably not since recruiting rankings existed. And I think recruit, I think recruiting, like, stars and all this stuff, I think that stuff's been around since, like, 2000, maybe, maybe actually 2000. I don't know. It's early 2000s. I know how long that stuff's been around. But, like, when was the last time Oklahoma had two five-stars on the defensive side of the ball that not only could come in and they can contribute right away? P.J. Adabari? Like, there's no doubt in my mind, that's a guy that's going to see the field early. Violent. Dude will put you on your tail any chance he gets. Uh, and then, of course, Peyton Bowen. And when you talk about Oklahoma, it's like, you know, when, and this was a big question that kept coming up on the page, too. Like, you saw them offer when they offered Dan McCullough, who committed last week. And he's a guy, really, that can play anywhere. He can play safety, linebacker, whatever. You talk about Kendall Dolby, who's going to be a guy that plays safety. You know, all these different safeties they were going after, and people were like, oh, that must mean Bowen's not coming. No, guys, you need depth at safety. And, like, I know some of the conversation with Bowen was like, look, if you don't like Oklahoma, if, you know, if you come here, you spend a year here, and you're not rocking with it, then, you know, you're welcome to go ahead and leave. But go on ahead, come here, see see what you think, and all this other stuff. That Now, I'm not saying he is going to enter the transfer portal next year. I'm just saying. Like, it's certainly on the table if things don't go the right way. But let's think positive vibes here. Bowen is a guy that would not shock me if he is on the field uh, at some point early because he does so many things that I think safeties at Oklahoma lacked for a minute. And one of those is tackle. You know, he's he's his athleticism is absolutely insane. He plays a little bit like when it comes to safety, he plays a little bit of that center field role. So and that's typically what safeties are. But a lot of safeties don't really have that. They should, but a lot of them don't really have that athleticism, especially at Oklahoma. They don't have that athleticism where they can go sideline to sideline and they've got the range to just snatch stuff out of the air like you would see a center fielder doing baseball. Peyton Bowen has that. and. Crazy thing about it is he's going to get better. 
because when you look at him, you see how twitchy he is. You see how athletic he is. It's an absolutely insane pickup for Oklahoma because it's something that was that was so important and it was something they were going to need. And when you look at it, it's like, how? Because I truly like you can you can bring up the Jackson Arnold point and the the Emmer Alford point or whatever, but it's like I truly want to know what the conversation was between Jay Belai and and uh, and Brandon Hall, who were the two lead guys in that recruitment. I truly want to know what the conversations were like behind closed doors because, like, knowing what I know about Brandon Hall, and and I know Brandon Hall too. He's he's an awesome guy, and it's easy to see why people relate to him because he's a really cool dude. But one thing I know about Brandon Hall is he's going to work his tail off until the end, and that's in anything he does. So you can see it in that. Jay Valai, when Jay Valai got hired at Oklahoma, one of the big things you heard from Bama fans and Texas fans was he can't recruit. And they said he got let go at Alabama because he couldn't recruit and all this other stuff. But the two came in today and laid it all in line. Now, obviously, Brent came in and played closer and all that, but – Looking at the whole process, those two guys were like the top dogs in this room. And they held on to it. Let's think about this. Like, I think like yesterday, I wasn't even angry. I was just a little bit more confused at, okay, Oregon. Like, that's a little weird because you never heard anything about Oregon throughout this process except for a false rumor. So that was interesting. But. When you talk about, like, Oklahoma, it's like Oklahoma's not used to being in these kind of races. They're not – it's been a long time. I can't say they aren't used to it because it used to be that way. And granted, you know, most of the time when they were in the the races for these elite prospects, Brent Venables was here. So a little bit of a thing there, right? But uh, in the last few years – you would have never seen Oklahoma come down to the wire for a kid like this. You would have seen Oklahoma have to go into signing day and fight for a guy like Peyton Bowen, a.k.a. an elite defender, a guy who can come in and make some noise from the word go. You never saw that. And, again, I think part of that is because you may have had a staff that, you know, I don't want to say they quit, but when they got to a point where they were, they, where they were fighting for a guy – and say maybe an Alabama or Georgia start creeping up, it's like, oh, well, okay, he's going to go ahead and go there. We'll just go ahead and back off. We'll do what we got now. <laughs> hey, that ain't the way this staff is operating. They're saying, okay, cool. They, they take it as a challenge. When these schools try to come in and challenge them for a player that they want, they're going to take that as a challenge, and they're going to go in, and they're going to prove, hey, we're, we're here. Like We're not backing down from, from this fight. And that should give you confidence for somebody like even like, like going into tomorrow – David Hicks, and depending on when you're listening to this, maybe David Hicks has already signed to A&M uh, and, and all that, but so I'm going to be super short on that because I really don't know when this episode is going to drop, so let me be careful about what I say about David Hicks. Now, I will say I think David Hicks signs with A&M. I don't have any doubt in my mind on that. But I know Oklahoma is still there. Oklahoma's in contact with Hicks. Todd Bates is still fighting the good fight with that one. And they are going absolutely hard in the paint on David Hicks. So everybody collectively. Like everybody on this staff is in David Hicks's ear, as they would say, they're throwing the kitchen sink at David Hicks, plus a little bit more. So they're going all in on Hicks. As I, I don't think I mentioned this, but they had an in-home visit with him last weekend, or not last weekend. I think before Peyton Bowen, they had the in-home visit with uh, David Hicks, 
And by the way, David Hicks and Peyton Bowen are really good friends too. So, you know, surely there's a conversation going on there. I think Peyton and uh, David have been on the phone already throughout the day. So, you know, that gives you a little bit of positive. But Oklahoma's fighting in this one. And uh, again, you know, I, I still fully expect him to sign with A&M, but I would be cautiously optimistic. And I would say just, like I said in the Bowen post yesterday, don't get your hopes up, but at least keep keep one eye on it. Don't keep both, but just keep one eye on it just in case something happens. Now, if they manage to land David Hicks and Peyton Bowen in a matter of 24 hours, I mean, I really don't need how much how much proof you need to understand this is a staff that's not here to play. Like they want, they saw, okay, six and six. This isn't where we want to be. Now they're going to do whatever it takes. And if you're able to land those two, you've done something you haven't done in a long time in your program. You brought in three elite defenders, David Hicks, Peyton and I'm PJ Adabara in that because I think he's an elite. Actually, let's say four. I'll throw Lewis Carter in there too. I think Lewis Carter is an exceptional player. I think he's elite. Brett Venables called him the best football player in the state of Florida yesterday. Think about that. So you bring in four guys defensively that are absolutely going to make noise from day one. Lewis Carter is going to be insane. You talk about how violent he is, how physical he is, you know, all the leadership qualities and all that stuff he's got. That's a guy that's going to see the field. But you know, like with Peyton Bowen, it's like you talk about the secondary class. Even without Peyton Bowen, this class was still pretty good. And in, in, in the Lost Pod episode that I recorded yesterday that did not drop, I said and I gave a whole spiel about you would think this class was bottom 25 because they did get Peyton Bowen. But even without Peyton Bowen, it's still a really freaking good class, especially in the secondary, because you talk about uh, Dan McCullough, as I mentioned. Kendall Doby, Jacoby Johnson, um, uh, Makari Vickers, uh, Josiah Wagner. Uh, I know I'm forgetting some names here. Um, uh, 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 yeah, you, 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 you know. So uh, Eric McCarty, I'll put in there as well. I don't know if he's going to end up playing safety, but I'll throw, I'll throw, uh, I'll throw McCarty in that mix too. You're talking about a class in the secondary that is full of athleticism full of nastiness, full of football players. And like with somebody like Josiah Wagner, Wagner, I know he said earlier, he, he plays a little bit of like, he plays a little bit like um, our, uh, uh, Trey, Trey Norwood. And I see that small, light-skinned guy, yet a really scrappy guy going to go in and fight. Thing about Josiah Wagner that's also positive is a big point that I made on the pod this year and really a big point I made throughout the season, like even on the website and on the page, you have a bunch of players on this team currently that weren't willing to really sacrifice a lot to win a football game. But you could tell they would not be willing to throw their bodies against the wall to win a game or cut their nuts off to win a football game. Josiah Wagner is willing to do whatever it takes to prove he's better than you. And he's a super – now, Josiah Wagner, if my measurements are correct, I want to say he's about 5'10", 190. But he's – I mean, he's stupid physical. He don't mind going in. He does not mind the challenge. It's not even just the physicality standpoint. He will line up against anybody. 
So when the spring comes, it would shock me if you're hearing stuff about Josiah Wagner being, oh, Josiah Wagner's calling out Marvin Mims in practice, and he says he can lock him up any day of the week. Or he's calling out, um, uh, you know, who's another guy? Uh, LV Bunkley Shelton or, you know, some guy who's played college football already. He's calling this guy out. Wouldn't be surprised if he's making no. It wouldn't shock me at all if that kind of stuff's happening. Lewis Carter, same way. Lewis Carter's a guy that's going to put his body on the line to win a football game. So what you're seeing a lot of in this in this um, secondary for Oklahoma is you're seeing guys that are willing to do. They're going to fly around. They're going to make plays. They're going to do all this. That's what you need. Like I talked about this with Peyton Bowen so much throughout the season was at safety. You need a playmaker. Key Lawrence is not a bad safety by any means, but he's not a playmaker. He's more of that tackler kind of guy. He's not a guy that's going to fly around and pick the ball off when it's in the air and stuff like that. Peyton Bowen is a ball hawk. He's a machine when it comes to he's going to get to where the ball is. When I talked about him being a center fielder type, he's a playmaker. Billy Bowman can be that. and He's been that a few times, but not every time. But Peyton Bowen is that. So uh, let's actually discuss a little bit of the class, a little bit of the rest of the class. So Jackson Arnold, self-explanatory. If you didn't listen to our interview with Jackson, you should, by the way. And we did not talk about Peyton Bowen in that interview for a specific reason. So, yeah. But um, running backs, uh, Dalen Smothers, Caleb Hicks, both officially signed uh, walk-ons, including Chapman McCown. And, you know, interesting thing with, uh, with Caleb Hicks is <laughs> – the interesting thing with Caleb Hicks is He's a bigger guy, but he reminds me a little bit of – well, I, I'm not going to say Eric Gray. Not much. I, I guess maybe a, beer, a bigger Eric Gray, although he doesn't have the the feet that Eric Gray has. He doesn't have, like, the movement and all that stuff. He's not, you know, juking guys out of their, out of their socks and all that. He's not doing that. But he's a big, powerful guy. He can run. Dalen Smothers, I said this in an article earlier in the year, Reminds me a lot of his coach, DeMarco Murray, all-purpose guy, uh, you know, a guy that can go come out of the backfield, catch passes, and do all that stuff. Now, I actually forgot that this was the case, but it was reminded to me today that Dalen Smothers hasn't played football in a while because I forgot. he. I think he got suspended or something like that, but he ended up missing his senior season. I think it was due to suspension or eligibility, something, something stupid like that. Ended up putting him out for his senior year. But there's a lot of high praise coming out of North Carolina for that. And Brett Venables even said yesterday that if there's one thing he learned in his time in the Carolinas, it's that some of the best football players in the country come from North and South. And Dalen Smothers, I mean, he was a guy Alabama was pursuing. Uh, I know there was a lot of rumors about him visiting NC State and stuff like that. And, and people wanted this guy, despite the fact that he hadn't played a lot of football. But he made the best of it. And, you know, Dalen Smothers is a guy wouldn't – I mean, he's contributing right away. Um, Chapman McCown, walk-on guy, technically a walk-on, really a scholarship guy, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Chapman McCown, kind of a smaller guy, obviously not up there size-wise with Smothers and Hicks, but I'll tell you one thing about McCown. He's one of the fastest players in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, comes from Norman North, by the way, so he's a home state kid. But one of the fastest players in the state that I've seen um, – you know, he's he's definitely going to add a little bit of weight because I think right now he weighs about 160. I think the plan is to get him up to about 180, 190-ish. And, look, I ain't saying you're talking – you're looking at your next 
it's Quentin Griffin here, but you could be. I mean, you talk about a guy that's small, but he can make you miss. He's shifty, fast, can do all that stuff. Pretty, pretty dang good with the ball in his hands. I know the one thing Norman North like to do, they like to give him the ball out of the backfield, and they like to run a lot of outside zones slash stretch stretch stuff. Get the tackles on the outside, he follows him. A lot of that stuff happens. So, um, overall, pretty nice running back haul. Um, I guess it remains to be determined if they go into the portal, maybe to find somebody. I don't think they would. But I guess, I mean, that's always on the table. Um, you know, I actually forgot about this guy, but when I was watching a video the other day, I was reminded about him, Mecca Megway, the uh, kid who transferred in last year from Washington. And I'll just say this, he looks the part. So all positive in that direction. But um, continuing on the offensive theme, uh, receivers, Jaquez Petaway, I'm sorry, Jaquez Petaway, Jaquez Petaway. I, I always mess up that name. I think it's Jaquez Petaway. Uh, Keon Brown, two guys I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, Keon Brown, I think, is one of the guys that doesn't get talked about enough in this class. He truly is. So, first of all, Keon Brown's measurements stand out, 6'3", 200 pounds. Okay, that already, that or around 200. It might actually be like 190 or something like that, but it's in that area. Uh, in the ballpark. Anyway, good size Keon Brown has. Uh, one of the fastest players in his state. Crazy Petaway is the same way in Texas. So a lot of speed on the outside with the receivers, but also guys who can go and make plays. That's something that's going to matter. And to the receiver point, like another guy that that is kind of cool to think about, Jacoby Johnson. Jacoby Johnson is the uh, four-star athlete out of Mustang. And Jacoby is coming in to play DB, but I honestly, Jeff Levy, I would not blame you if you wanted to use him on a few offensive packages. Having played against Jacoby Johnson, I'll tell you, he ain't no joke, and he's one of the fastest players in the state as well. Like a big thing with this class you've seen a lot of is speed. Uh, you see guys that are going to develop into something insane. You see a lot of physicality. You just see football players, which is something you've needed for a long time. Uh, but like with the secondary and Jacoby Johnson, like I make this point, I already made this point about there's so much athleticism and all this stuff around it. Then you talk about the fact that you might have a chance to return Woody Washington and CJ Colton next year. I think Woody Washington comes back. I think CJ Colton comes back. So you're pretty set with your corners. Then you've got a lot of movement at safety. You look at linebackers. You've got Jusane McCullough coming in. You missed out on Cecilia Kana. Well, Kana was probably going to end up redshirting anyway, but You've got somebody in the same McCullough coming off that point. Then you look at the linebackers. We talked about Lewis Carter. You talk about Phil Pachotti, Sam Omosigo. Now, Sam Omosigo, I think, is a guy that's probably going to end up branch hurting as well because he's a little bit kind of in that Kip Lewis mode of he's a smaller guy. Now, he can play. Don't get me wrong, but he is a smaller guy. Maybe they use him on offense. I don't know. I mean, I heard he had a really good year on the offensive side of the ball for Crandell this year. So who knows what happens with that situation. But, but for somebody like a Phil Pachotti, Phil Pachotti is one of the most violent players I think I've seen in a long time. Uh, dude's not afraid to stick his stick. Dude is not afraid to stick his nose into the ball. Okay, he's gonna fly around and knock the crap out of somebody, and that's what I love so much about this defense. Like I talked about this being the best defensive class you've had in a long time. You know, it's so in like I didn't even talk about the D line yet. And that's a spot that could get better 
if you add DJ Hicks again. I don't think you do, but if you do, it's huge. But you look at like a Derek LeBlanc and Ashton Sanders, um, you know, Taylor Wine even. Bucky Strong was a guy that committed yesterday. I mean, it's so crazy to think about because there's so much. I'll go with, I don't want to say potential because I know like Brent has said, it's a game of performance, not potential and all that. But in all, honestly, this is a unit that has a lot of potential to be something insane. Like we're talking about two, three years down the road. This defense could be really freaking good because you've got Peyton Bowen. That's going to be your number one safety on the back end. Uh, Makari Vickers could be back there as well, or Dan McCullough if he's playing safety or if he's not at linebacker. Lewis Carter, Phil Pachati are your linebackers. You know, you've got your cheetah spot. Maybe it's still McCullough because he's he's got a lot of football left. The same McCullough still got a, football, a lot of football left. So, I don't know. Uh, D-line-wise, you're talking about Derek LeBlanc, Taylor Wine, who can turn into something special. Ashton Sanders, who can turn into something special, was kind of the replacement for Caden Green. And he's a big dude as well. And then Marcus Strong, like Marcus Strong kind of flew under the radar because he announced his commitment around the same time everybody found out Peyton Bowen wasn't coming to OU and nobody really cared. But, I mean, he's a big dude, 6'4", 280. And I think he might be a little bit bigger than 280. You know how these websites are. They never get the measurements quite right. But um, it's a really exciting class, man. Like, I think it's filled with a lot of guys that can contribute right away. Um, I should have mentioned this earlier, but I do know that some of the early enrollees are going to be participating in practices for the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, now, obviously, they're not going to play in the game, but they will be participating in practices just as like scout teams slash bodies. Now, all of them aren't, but I know some of them are for sure. I know uh, well, I actually don't even know if I can name names, but I know some of them are for sure. Um, and it is legal because it's what Nico Lomaleva is doing at Tennessee. And Alabama has a kid doing it as well they might have a couple or something like that but it's a really it's a really good class because it's like it's crazy to think about man i tweeted this is the highest rated class ou's had in its history and it's insane to think about because this is a this is a team reminder they just went six and six like they had a train wreck of a season yet somehow managed to put together a top five class and counting because you know, you know there's going to be additions in the late signing period. Again, we've talked about DJ Hicks is still a possibility. Like, I don't know, man. It's crazy to think about. Like, landing Peyton Bowen, man, it, it's huge because it it it's it's just insane to think, man. Like, you haven't had it. You haven't had a pickup like that. I haven't had a pickup that big in a long time. And. You know, it's truly crazy to think about, and it gives you so much hope for what the staff is going to do, as I mentioned, because they're going to fight into the bitter end for a guy. If they really want him, they're going to go get him. Like, the one thing I know about Brent Venables for sure is if Brent wants somebody, he's going to go get him. Because even just some, like, things I've heard from him, it's like, you know, he'll say, yeah, we're going to get that guy. Now, that kid may not have told them he's coming, but he just knows I'm going to work my tail off hard enough. That kid's going to come to Oklahoma. If Brent Venables wants somebody, Brent Venables is going to get him. That's the way it works. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Oh, by the way, actually, <laughs> I was getting ready to talk about that. I forgot to mention, there's a transfer, uh, Reggie Pearson, the safety transfer from Texas Tech. Big pickup. Um, you, know, you talk about depth of safety, and he was a name that I'd completely ignored. 
Uh, he has one more year of eligibility left. I think it's one. He's a grad transfer. And um, if you don't remember Pearson, Pearson is the guy that was knocking the snot bubbles out of Eric Gray and um, Dylan Gabriel in the Tech game a, a few a few weeks back, or last month, I should say. And, um, guys, I mean, he's an absolute thumper. Like, I've brought up Tony Jefferson so many times. He is an absolute thumper. He was the one flying around making all those hits against Oklahoma. Uh, now, I know coverage has been a little bit of a thing with him. I know a lot of Tech fans were like, he's not the best in coverage. But, look, we just need guys that can tackle. Okay? Like, coverage is great, but that's been a big issue with Oklahoma. You've had guys in your secondary that can't tackle worth anything. So, um, big pickup as well on the Reggie Pearson front. But I um, almost forgot about that. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what the next few additions are. I do expect – someone like Trace Ford to be in the fold. Uh, Trey Harris, the wide receiver transfer from Louisiana Tech, I expect him to be in the fold at Oklahoma. So those are two names to definitely watch in the coming days because they could pop at any moment. Uh, But, yeah, Oklahoma, man, like it's crazy to think about, you know, if you can just get past December 29th, because I don't think they're winning that game, and I'll get more into that next week. But if you can just get past the bowl game, you're in for a really good offseason. And it's going to be really interesting to watch. you know, again, what a day it's been, what a week it's really been just for all of us keeping up with this whole thing. You know, Peyton Bowen yet again proving why I don't like keeping up with recruiting, but, you know, I do it for y'all. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys follow the Instagram at Center Sports Daily, uh, Twitter at the Blitz Period and underscore Jalen Ross. Leave a rating, leave a review. Make sure you guys share this episode, do all that good stuff. And thank you guys for listening once again, and we'll see you guys next